Welcome, 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 everyone, to the world famous Blame It on the Boogie podcast. Yes, we world famous now, y'all. We world famous. We got people all over watching our videos. We want to thank you. All over our house. All over our house and neighborhoods, but it doesn't matter. It don't matter. We we still international. We want to thank you all for coming. I'm Rod D. I'm coming from Detroit, Michigan. We got D-double-O-Z-E coming oh, from Forsyth, Missouri. We got Geechee Dan all the way from Phoenix, Arizona, and the one and only D-Dorian uh, Anthony, D-Almighty, coming from Richmond. Rich what? Richmond. Rich what? Richmond. Where we from? Richmond. What's my hometown? Richmond. What we love, rich man, rich what? Rich what? I still ain't ever seen that movie, and you put that up there as if I'm from Richmond. <laughs> hey, it, it's, it's fun to do though. <laughs> it's fun to do. Uh, anyway, uh, D Almighty from Richmond, California. Again, we want to thank each and every one for tuning in to us. Uh, we're gonna start off. We're gonna ask Dorian. Tell us what we was talking about last week, D. All right, so let me pull this down here so I'm not looking all up crazy. Freestyle. All right, so let's see. Uh, update on uh, Sean Kemp uh, and the shooting that he was involved in um, last week. Why well, I feel like Michael Shea on Saturday Night Live. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> update on Sean Kemp and the team that he was involved in. Uh, there were no charges filed. Um, it was uh, ruled self-defense as a, a stolen phone and him trying to retrieve his stolen phone and shots were fired at him and he returned um, fire. So it's been reported that that is self-defense. Um, on the NFL free agent front, um, Aaron Rodgers is, is now holding the Jets hostage. Um, he is now dictating. He ain't even been signed yet, but he's dictating who it is that they need to uh, pick up. And so what would be funny is, is they end up with all these players and not Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> the Ravens are still holding <laughs> hostage. That is just ridiculous. Uh, how, how do you not sign that man? And they could have done this for cheaper so many years ago. Uh, but anyway, uh, in the WBC, uh, Mexico puts the beat down on the USA. Um, mm. And then what? There's a new what is there something that you said at Chase Field? 
What, what was that last week on last you Saturday? Down this past year, sir. Yeah, oh, was it? Okay. Year. Oh man, I didn't, re- I didn't realize it was still. Hey, uh, I guess I didn't where it was. That was that's how you I just thought Mexico. So, um, the Dolphins oh, pick up. Year, the pick up the fifth year option on tour. Um, so I guess that's why they got Jalen Ramsey because they know they're gonna be on uh on defense a lot. Um again, I went to that Niners Dolphins <laughs> game and that whole tour and his accuracy thing, I was not impressed. Um so yeah, they're gonna need some uh some cornerbacks to pick off some of them balls because he's gonna be uh they're gonna be playing a whole lot of defense. So and then I must revel in the fact that there is there are no Tar Heels in the uh, NCAA tournament. They even declined to go to the NIT as if they were in any tournament. In any Uh, tournament. So, uh, but my Dukies won. They didn't deserve the NIT. We're not afraid. Um, And then they had also UNC has some players entering the transfer portal. So it looks like it's some uh, a little bit of trouble happening in Tar Heel land, and I can't be happier. All right, so that is a recap of uh, last week, and um, so let's get on with the with the rest of the show. What are we talking about today? Uh, well, Johnny, please tell them what they've won. Well, you've won a new conversation on our favorite person, John Morant, <laughs> and and a little bit more on on John Kemp. Cause you know, John, John, John was uh, uh, having a little fun. We found out John was out. That's what John was doing. But he was doing a little, doing a little bit of that, but a little bit of more of this. Oh, my bad. Yeah, Jow was out there making it rain. <laughs> so I mean we're making jokes about it right now, but um the 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 issue well first first we're gonna get to, to um to Jai, then we'll talk about Kemp. But the issue with Jai is uh yeah, it's funny, you know, that that we we, we can say it's funny right now. Because um, the video came out, well, not the video, the um, the images came out of him at the strip club, um, you know, partaking, partaking in, the, in the you know the products that you can get at the strip club uh, <laughs> with money all over the floor. <laughs> um, you know that was after the little gun little video or whatever, uh, and then right after that, you know, after all this came out. Ja decided that the best thing for him to do was to go get seek counseling at a counseling center down in Florida. He did that on on Monday, and uh, two days later, <laughs> he's out out of uh, rehab. I guess he's you know all his demons have been exercised. What you think that dude? was it rehab? Was it was it rehab or a counseling center? Oh, I'm sorry. It was a counseling center. Counseling. Counseling center. Counseling center. So what, what you think about that, D Dub? Well, uh, right. One thing I'm I'm trying to figure out uh, exactly, uh, and I'd like to know is what was accomplished 
during the two days of counseling. Um, because to me, it seemed like the issue still was the fact that he was being very immature. So, I mm. mean, has he matured in two days? Did they tell him some magic words and he, now he's matured? Or, you know, has he learned his lesson, you know, due to the uh, fallout from uh, his misadventure at the strip club? Then the other thing I was wondering about was uh, with the uh, pictures that came out, is it some kind of a privacy violation? Because I mean, with the pictures, I mean, he didn't really do anything abnormal at the strip club other than the gun part, but mm -hmm. on, on uh, that was pictured. He didn't do anything abnormal, you know. I know we're all, you know, uh, God-fearing church going guys and we don't know anything about what happens in the strip club. No. Because we've never been there before. <laughs> never. <laughs> but, uh, he didn't do anything that, you know, hey. anything abnormal. What what we saw is what happens in the strip club. So we hear. And then the other thing, um, I mean, is he Every, possibly going to be able to sue privacy violation? That's not normal. You said what? Uh-oh, we dude. lost it. I said but, everything, that's not typically normal. And that's well, what brought the police. All the money might not be for us, but all the other stuff, yeah. I mean, not for us, but for other people that we know. <laughs> <laughs> so but that's all I had. Uh, I just yeah. like to know what what was accomplished in the two days of counseling. So you said you, got, you said a couple couple of different things. The first thing is uh, the well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit the second thing first. Um, the the fact that you know um, the Strip club. Um, did you already come? Release the video. Did you already start this? Shouldn't, shouldn't the rest of us get a chance to chime in before you get a well, chance you to want to chime in? See, see, you want to stop me? Okay, cool. Say what you got to <laughs> say, D. Say what you got to say, D. No, you mean, always you know, say what you got to say, D. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. In about you four started, seconds, you will begin to speak. Right. I'm just saying, you, start, you started talking, then you passed it to dudes, and then you took it back. So go ahead, Dante. See? Uh -oh. Go hey, ahead. All I was gonna say is I had one thing on that. Why did he have to spend or first of all, why did he have to go to Florida if it was just for counseling? What's wrong with Tennessee? He couldn't find nowhere to get counseling in Tennessee for least. So to me. He just went to Florida to go relieve some more stress. If Two-day you know vacation. I mean. So I don't think, like Jules was saying, what was the trip worth? Can I speak, D? Dorian? It's a right man. Go ahead. You know what? I might forget. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead, Dorian. First of all, um, I want to begin by saying, I don't want to pile on the brother, okay? Um, I'm sure everybody is coming at him, and I don't want to pile on. I feel like um, the media is kind of reveling in this. Uh, one of the reports I saw from somebody that first talked about, um, you know, him losing his endorsement deal, he, he started off with saying, you know, this is just the story that keeps on giving as if this was a gift, mm -hmm. and I don't want to feel like I'm reveling in uh in jazz you know in 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 this uh 
tumult that he's having in his career right now. So first of all, let me say that. But my thing about this too is, is for the sponsors that are dropping him, okay? If they were going to drop him, I'm hoping that it's about the gun, okay? Because this other stuff that's coming out after this, as, you know, dude said um, prior to this, and I'm sure Rodney's going to get on this because we had a conversation about this, but he wasn't doing anything illegal, right? Even the videos that they show of him drinking, he's of legal age. He can drink. If he wants to do that, that's what he can do. Now, that's what he's allowed to do. That's what it's legal for him to do. It would even be a different story about the gun had he been at home on his own home video, right? But so my thing is, is with the sponsors that are dropping him, I just want to make sure now that this other stuff is coming out, don't act like it's that particular image now that is causing you to drop him, right? Because if you're of these billion dollar companies, you mean you didn't know that this young man like they shooting uh major <laughs> right you, you didn't you didn't know that he liked to visit strip clubs you didn't know that you know he went to clubs and he he drank alcohol you if if this is somebody that's supposed to be the face of your product it seemed like you would vet that person and vet everything about them to know that this would be the person that you want so please let it just be about this whole gun deal and the illegalities that come from the gun and, and so on and so forth, him being in Colorado and that kind of thing. Please let, don't let it be about these other images from which he was not doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. that, that's my thing about it. Yes. Do you, remember? Yes. Do you remember your point, right? <laughs> All right, Rodney. All right. So, uh, I, I agree with you on that one, D. Uh, let, let's hope that, you know, all these people that are jumping ship from Ja, um, that Ja has already made, you know, millions of dollars for already um, from his shoe sales and, um, uh, you know, just his appearances or whatever. So Ja has, you know, he lived up, up, up until that point, he lived up to what uh, it was that he was, he was contracted to do. Now, did he do something that was, you know, probably not the smartest thing? Yeah. Um, but like you said, the, the, the visit to the strip club and all that stuff, that is actually a moot point. That doesn't matter. That has nothing to do with the thing um, as far as, you know, why he, he's losing his endorsements. Um, the gun issue, yeah, the gun is a little, a little different. Um, and unfortunately, we, like I said, we, we've been talking about guns, man. This is our fourth episode. We've been talking about guns for the last four episodes. Every week we talk about guns. Um, so, you know, that... And, and the reason we're talking about it is because uh, <laughs> mainly people don't know how to how to to use them, right? And John, you got to be one of them. You don't go to well, everybody knows you don't go to a place that serves alcohol with a gun. No, in in I'm, I don't want to say no states, but in most states, that's not legal. Period. You don't take a gun to a place that sells alcohol. Um, so. The, the thing about it, it's a learning experience. Now, I, I, we were, I was joking earlier um, about the two days. It, it's difficult to, to question someone that is looking for help. If, if it, you know, he may have gone down there. He may have talked to people and then may have they, uh, 
may have you know, told him what he did wrong and you know how he's, how he's perceived, and he may have changed his ways. I don't know. I wasn't there during the, during the time. It just seems to me <laughs> that whole thing just seems like a, a bit of convenience than anything else um, because his main objective was to get back to playing basketball. It's and, kind of like a check the box. Exactly. So if he if he in order for him to get back to playing basketball, he they you know, to me, like I said, this was that was just a a, a thing of convenience, like Dude said, a, a way of checking a box that I can get back into to, to playing. It was reported earlier that um the NBA suspended him for eight games. Now, the way I read it, I thought he had eight games from today, eight more games meaning that he would be done pretty much for most of the regular, the rest of the regular season. I was wrong. The eight games actually started when he first got suspended. So now he, technically he only has another two games that he has to sit out. Now, again, this is just, just me speaking. The My thought behind that is that Adam Silver really didn't have a whole lot that he can go off of because technically he can't prove that Jahat did anything wrong on that team plane. He don't know if that gun was on that plane or not. They didn't. They don't have evidence that that gun was on that plane. They only have evidence that that was even Jah's gun. All they have mm-hmm. is evidence that he was holding one. So right. he was kind of kind of hamstrung in what he could do. Um, I still felt that you know the the you know if you wanted to to give a point to to make a point, you would have given him a little bit longer suspension than just those eight games that he that he got. That's my only issue. Um, and with that, we're gonna move on to our next topic. Still but, in basketball. Uh, last, last thing. Uh, last rebuttal. Go ahead, Dory. No, not a rebuttal. It's not a rebuttal at all. I, I don't have any. I'm not disputing you at all. But what I would like is for it. You know, in talking about this counseling, mm-hmm. I want people to give him another chance. You know, mm-hmm. we we get a lot of there not being any atonement. For these young men, it was something Gilbert Arenas was saying. I heard him talking about this, giving some advice, talking about, well, now, you know, he's going to go from being a tier one player. They're going to knock him down to be a tier three player, mm-hmm. you know, for for however many years he said, you know, Gilbert Arenas was talking about it. But my thing is, is that I want I mean, he's still in his 20s, his early yeah. 20s. I just early want society to give, this, to give this brother a chance to, to quote, atone. Give you know, grace. And, and, and you know, and 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 to be able to show that he's learned from it. That's what I want. Instead of everybody just automatically now just just writing him off. So that's that's all I want to say. Yeah, like I said, uh, um, <laughs> it's you can make jokes about it because in this particular case, nobody got hurt. Yeah, we go make Second. jokes about it. Oh, we gonna make I jokes. We go. In this particular case, nobody got hurt. But you, but, but what you just said, D. What you just said, D, we can actually attribute to a lot of these young athletes. You know, but the, the thing that a lot of people forget is what you said a minute ago. These these are 20 year old kids, man. 20, 21, 22 year old kids, right? And uh, us being the old heads, man, we was, you know, not, I'm not trying to. It's a good <laughs> thing we didn't have cell phones. We didn't, or, man. Or, we, have we had cell phones? And millions, and millions of dollars. Hey. It, it, it's, it's horrible, but yeah, you these if someone hey, if someone falls, about, they, have, you know, they have the right to, to be able to stand up and, and do better. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, something so we lose in, in regards back to uh the endorsements he may have lost. 
Can you guys hear me? If you guys can hear me, yeah, so ahead, in buddy. regards to that, some of them endorsement deals he probably signed were done in strip clubs. <laughs> I don't know if you're up. Don't worry. And on that <laughs> note, we're going to go to our next topic. <laughs> we stand in the NBA, but, but we're going to talk about another subject that came up this week, and that's uh, uh, the big boy, Kendrick Perkins, and his um, – Thoughts on the MVP <laughs> on the MVP award. Uh, Kendrick Perkins uh, was on uh, first take, and his comment was that, um, <laughs> in in a nutshell, what he said was that the the MVP voters, uh, if they vote for uh, Jokic, they have to be racist because uh, Jokic has. Uh, hollow stats. Um, also, he attributed that to um, Dirk Nowitzki and Steve Nash, uh, saying that they were they weren't worthy during the years that they won the uh, the MVP. So, what do you feel about that, my my, my resident MP, MVP, uh, NBA? In the words of uh, Mike Tyson, uh, that's ludicrous. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. I mean, Perkins is an ex-Celtic, so, you know, I, I can't be as hard on him as I want to. But, yeah, he's crazy. Um, I mean, Jokic has been amazing the last two or three years. And, I mean, this year, his stats, and I mean, the way he's playing is even better. And um, the MVP, as it stands, is a, um, is a you know, in-season award. You know, it's for the regular season award, rather. And... His team is number one. He's putting up great statistics. Uh, now, not to throw a shot at Russell Westbrook, but it's not like when Russell Westbrook was getting the triple doubles and losing and having the, you know, Russell Westbrook was the mm -hmm. first guy I've ever seen that have a triple double and have horrible games. So if you actually watch the games, they were horrible. I mean, he played horrible, but he had a triple double. And his, and his team lost, and it really didn't mean anything, so. Jokic is just the opposite of that. So I think um, uh, Kendrick Perkins is way off base with this, his claims of racism. I mean, you have to be careful when you're talking about uh, racism. And because I believe we spoke about it earlier in the last 30 or so years, what has been uh, three or four white MVPs. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's four uh, claim is baseless. Uh, go ahead, my, my, go ahead, um, African-American uh, history uh, professor. No, I mean, I can't look. I don't necessarily know that the, the history specifically behind this. Dudes can speak to that more than anything else being a Larry Bird fan. Um, but I, I think that my issue with this is that for all those years when we thought well, I put it this way. I can't think of any anybody else that you would say is more deserving of the MVP. It would be different if um, it was those years where, say, um, Barkley won it, and then people were like, Michael Jordan sh sh still should have been MVP, or you know, or something. Carl Malone. Or Carl Malone when you know Jordan would have won it. I, who is he saying should be 
should have been winning the MVP these last couple of years over Jokic. Now, the thing about it too is, is that the maybe he could have said something and, and kind of been on base maybe a couple of years ago because they weren't in first place and so on and so forth. But come on, they're in first place in the West, right? The the Western Conference title goes through Denver. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he's basically averaging a triple-double, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, and if you watch the games, you see that he is the reason they're winning, right? Though, and, and so for him to say, that well, I don't see it now. Again, he he played in the league for years, you know, so he's the, got the trained eye. But I don't see Jokic's stats as being empty stats. They don't look empty to me. When I watch the games, he is having an impact on the game with his scoring and all that kind of stuff. He's extremely efficient, so he's not a volume shooter. He's not taking a whole he's bunch a of shots. 27, 28 mm-hmm. points a game. He's you know he's very efficient. He makes the he makes the good basketball play. He'll make mm-hmm. the pass when he needs to make the pass. He so I I don't see it. So you know, I I think he's definitely worthy of the worthy of the MVP, especially one of the best big so, men in the league. Yeah, well, more so, more even more so this year than maybe the past two years. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, Embiid is having an incredible year this year. Right, and I won't take anything from him. And Giannis, of course, is always going to be Giannis. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, the Sixers aren't doing as great as Denver, and uh, Jokic is uh, his his season has been more steady than Embiid. You know, Embiid's like having an incredible year though. But come on, no, no. So no, we no. all agree, that- guys. You know, and that's kind of interesting. We were talking about. You know what I'm saying, Roddy? That's interesting. We're talking about the big men, especially those that potentially are going to go to the playoffs. And we talk about, is Jokic worthy? Yeah, especially when you look at the big men now. And now with Kevin Durant being out here in Phoenix, DeAndre Ayton is a big, soft bum. So when you talk about MB and these other big men, Giannis and all these guys, yeah, Jokic is definitely worthy like you said he's basically averaging a triple w we were like everybody was in awe when russell westbrook was doing that and they were losing though you, you know what i mean so i don't buy into that i'm a boston Celtic fan i used to love kendra perkins as well but that is a a line you don't want to mess around with even though it looks kind of obscure because it stands out like a turd you know in a point well the nba is what 98 95 african-american Mm-hmm. So when uh, it happens to win MVP or whatnot, it maybe it's not an oddity. So we can't just Kendrick, you can't jump there with that thing. The Steve Nash MVP to me still today is very questionable. Yeah, so, that one was questionable. It was Jokic versus Steve Nash. Jokic is, was worthier than Steve Nash was than his MVP. Hey boy. Who did Nash win over? Yo, not Nash. He won Nash over won. Jack one year and Kobe the other year. Yeah. year. He won over Kobe. The reason was they were saying that the Lakers didn't have a great record. They didn't. They didn't have a good record. But you remember Kobe had the eighty-one point game. He was like mm-hmm. scoring crazy. But the Lakers didn't have. But I don't think he should have won over Shaq. For sure. I mean, no. Nah. 
But now, also the years he won MVP, wasn't he uh, 50, 40, 90? Yes. And he's probably one of the worst defenders in the league. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. going like, <laughs> but they had the best record. So. Right. And he had the worst record, right. too. And I think Couldn't also. Couldn't stick anybody in the Yeah. And, and it's like the criteria for MVP. I mean, what is it? Really? You know, we really don't know what it is. Is it the very best player? Um, the best player on the best team? You know, I mean, it depends on what you're looking at. And now it look, looks like uh, analytics is coming more into play. So so we, we all agree that Kendrick Perkins was stupid. <laughs> perp, perp, perp. And, uh, and yeah, with his – his cologne. With his – his um, – Views on the MVP. Um, so now we're gonna we're gonna make a little turn. We're gonna go back to uh go into a little NFL football. And another big story this week was the Chicago Bears. Chicago traded the first pick in the draft to the Carolina Panthers for <laughs> in my opinion, was a bonanza of picks. They got um they went from first to ninth. Um, they got the ninth pick from uh, Carolina. They also got Carolina's second round pick this year. Next year, they get their first and second round pick again. Uh, and they also got um, the number one, what Carolina's number one receiver, DJ Moore, that Justin Fields really needs. He needed a receiver. So that was uh, that trade. How do you guys feel about that trade? Was it good for the Bears? Bad for the Bears. Was it good for Carolina? Bad for Carolina? Go ahead, Dante. So, a couple things on this. DJ Moore was only – he's first of all, he's not a number one receiver. He just happened to be a number one receiver because he was on a team that was basically garbage. He's basically a number two receiver. Hey, DJ Moore, you got traded for a number one draft pick. So, the second thing is – that was a good deal that Carolina made because they got a bunch of picks. And as we're seeing now, they are picking up recent wide receivers, which they're going to need with this new young quarterback that they're going to be drafting. So that's going to be another thing that uh, should be discussed with Carolina that we'll talk about later. And I'll wait for that is which one of these guys are going to pick. So other than that, the Bears may they got another receiver, you know, to help Justin Fields. I still can't think of number one receiver right now in Chicago, so it don't matter. But with all those extra picks, the Bears better be able to build something else around Justin Fields than just building their defense, which is all I see the Bears right now. Oh, and, you know, uh, and by the way, real quick on that. No, we'll get to that topic later, but that's my little thing on DJ Moore and the Bears. DJ Moore – is not a number one. He wasn't worthy of a number one draft pick. But, hey, the Bears were desperate, and they got what they needed. Carolina got what they wanted. So it's going to work out for everybody. <laughs> Go ahead, D, <laughs> before I, I, okay. I like you. So this is what I'm saying. I think, that, I think it was a great, great for the Bears. They don't need a quarterback. So being number one or even really being in the top five for the most part, they wasn't worried about that. They could they could be in that that second, you know, they still in the top 10. 
right? Mm-hmm. So they can still get an impact player, whether they're looking for an impact player on offense or they're in, looking for an impact, mm-hmm. impact player on defense. They've also got second second round picks to be able to look for impact players, um, you know, at, at other positions. So say you look on defense in the first round, well, now you got two second round picks. So now you can look at, you know, two impact players, you know, either offensively or defensively. They got some stuff they can do. Also, they can still trade the number nine pick and get more draft capital. Um, now, I, I can't really necessarily say that whether DJ Moore is is uh, a, a number one wide receiver um, for Justin Fields or the, or the number one wide receiver that Justin Fields needs. But what I will say is, is think about the quarterbacks that have been throwing to DJ Moore, and he's still been getting 1,000 yards a season. He's had Baker Mayfield, Sam uh-huh. Darnold, he mm-hmm. had Newton, who couldn't throw the ball 30 yards. Um, he had, um, who was it? Was it Matt Corral? Uh, or no, nah, that's the rookie. Um, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Walker? Was it Philip Walker or something? Some He he didn't play very long. He might have been a rookie or something, something like that. Uh, so, but my point is, is that DJ Moore has had several different quarterbacks. And for the most part, several different terrible quarterbacks again relative again they're all better than better than us because they playing in the nfl but Mm -hmm. when i say somebody is terrible i mean relative to other great nfl players not relative to me (laughs) okay so he's had several terrible quarterbacks yet still produced and as a matter of fact not only did he produce think about the fact that he produced on a team that really couldn't pass last season they were running the ball Mm-hmm. Because how do I know this? Because I had their running back on my fantasy football team. Mm-hmm. And he was getting a lot of yards, getting a lot of touchdowns because they were doing a lot of running of the ball. And DJ Moore still ended up with a thousand yards and almost 10 touchdowns, I think. So I think with going to the Bears offense that's now going because they want Justin Fields to throw the ball where they have somebody that can throw him the ball and the offense is going to be geared to getting him the ball more, I think he'll do even better. Whether he's a number one or not is yet to be seen. But I think he, I think that he'll be a good fit with the Bears. Now, now I take a little uh, uh, offense to the to the DJ Moore not being uh, a number one because, like D, D took my point. The the quarterbacks that um, there's a reason why um, Carolina. Moved up to number one because they don't have a quarterback. They need a quarterback. DJ didn't have anybody throwing him the ball this past year. Um, and <laughs> I'm looking at the stats. Carolina had 3,200 yards passing all year, and DJ had a thousand of them. So, um, you know, DJ did his thing. Now, is he a 1A, 1B? I don't care. You know, he's he's a starter. He's what the Chicago needed. And for them to get DJ Moore and two first-round draft picks and two second-round draft picks, that's a hell of a haul for Chicago to get. Because like D said, now they can they got a, uh, they can maneuver a lot and get the players that they want. They had a, a lot of money. Now, I hate the Bears. Let me, let, me, let me say that first off. I hate the Bears. I am not a Bears fan by no stretch of the imagination. Uh, can't stand them. Because um, you live in Detroit. Because I live in Detroit now, man. So you know we can't like the Bears. Um, but that being like when they had Fridge and Walter Payton. Nah, that, I really hated them then. I really hated them then. <laughs> That's when I was in St. Louis. 
but the Super Bowl uh, shuffle. <laughs> but uh, you know, um, but I do. What I will say is, I'm not a Bears fan, but I do. I want to support um, uh, the quarterback, and his name escapes me right now. I can't That's think of his name. Why? Justin, Justin Fields. Fields. I want to support Justin Fields because I think Justin Fields is actually a pretty darn good quarterback. Um, and for him to, to to reach the level that he needs to, to reach, he needs those receivers. They got the, the receiver from uh, uh, the Steelers at the trade deadline, uh, Claypool. They got him at the trade deadline. And now they have DJ Moore. They have the ability. Now, mm-hmm. They have like five picks in the first two rounds. They got the ability to go out there and um, get – more players, hopefully on offense. They've been loading up on defense in, in the uh, in the free agency. Hopefully in draft, they'll go ahead and get some receivers, and uh, they need a running back and all that good stuff. Uh, but hopefully they'll do that to give um, Fields some support, man. Because, so, uh, like I said, Fields could be one of the top five quarterbacks in the league if Chicago does what Chicago needs to do. And with that um, – since we're talking about free agency, we're going to stop talking about the Bears and we're going to talk about the NFL as a whole, uh, free agency and trades. And the first question that we have. A.A. Ron, where are you? Where is A.A. Ron right now? <laughs> so the first question we have is, where is A.A. Ron going to go? <laughs> On the Pat McAfee show today, he came out and said that, you know, he's made the decision that he wants to go to the Jets. That's fine. But the problem is he's still not a free agent, even though he's trying to dictate everything, you know, who the, who the Jets pick up and uh, uh, what players they should, should sign or what have you. At the end of the day, he's still under contract with Green Bay. Um, so, and there's a in order for him to go to the Jets, there has to be an agreement. Um, so brother D, what is AA Ron gonna do? Is he gonna go to the Jets? Will that thing actually go through? That is still one of my favorite sketches, man. AA <laughs> Ron, you hear me? He was getting mad. <laughs> Jay Quillen, Balake, Balake, uh, Blake, that's Balake. <laughs> All right, anyway, so. At this point, I don't care. Okay, uh, he is starting to get on get on my last. He's starting to tap dance on my last nerve. Because, somewhere. <laughs> well, because two weeks ago he tried to talk about all of the pundits who were saying that he was going to go to the Jets. They don't know anything. All of these people, he started naming names. Uh, you know, they're not at Adam Schefter. All these guys, they're not in my inner circle. They don't know anything. And now where we look at two weeks later, where is he going? Exactly where they said he said he was going to go. He told so, Adam Schefter to lose his number. Right. So it's like, right. And then you go right to the Jets anyway. So so I'm tired of, of that. All right. Um, but what I still need for them to do, right, and then because this is something, you know, that I learned from Rodney from, you know, my, my uh, our cap guru, right, is where are the Jets going to make the $60 million in cap space, even though they only need it for 24 hours to sign him. They have to have $60 million in cap space for at least 24 hours in order to be able to sign Aaron Rodgers. 
Where is that coming from? And you making them sign all of these other people. You done told them to go get Alan Lazar. You done told them to get go get Odell Beckham Jr. All of these people. So now they're gonna have to make $70 million or whatever in cap space, right? But but you just for you, they need at least $60 million or $55 million in cap space or whatever. So how is that going to happen while you dictating where everybody is going to go? So that's what I want to see is how are the Jets going to make this happen? And if they can make this happen, how is it really going to affect their team? Because they got they have a really good young team. They just ended up with a really bad young quarterback. But <laughs> Garrett, from Garrett Wilson to um, Sauce Gardner, um, to uh, Bryce, uh, I can't think of what it, Bryce, what's his last name? Uh, Bryce that plays uh, in the backfield, or Brees that came from Brees, Iowa. Brees, State. Brees, uh, yeah, they came from. They have a really good young core, and they have a really good young defense. So, how bad is Aaron Rodgers going to mess it up trying to go there? To you know that that's what I want. That's and that's what I hope the Jets don't do uh, mm. is, is mess it up trying to get Aaron Rodgers instead of maybe trying to get another good young quarterback, you know, but anyway, so that's what I think. So, uh, well, first AD, the Jets have, uh, almost $13 million in cap space right now. And yes, a long way to go (laughs) to get to that $60 million that they need for Aaron Rodgers. Um, (laughs) What the double X posse always say, I ain't gonna be able to do it. Can you do it? <laughs> I ain't gonna be able to do it. <laughs> but they can do it though. They, they can okay. do it because what they're gonna do is uh like I said, the only way he can go to um to the Jets is uh the Packers have to trade him up, trade him over there. So to make it happen, the Packers are gonna have to renegotiate Aaron Rodgers' contract. All right. So what is that gonna do? <laughs> it's gonna get Aaron Rodgers even more money. Because they're gonna have to extend the contract and guarantee more of that contract in order to reduce his cap number to trade him. So Aaron Rodgers, like I said, we said a couple weeks ago, he got all the all the leverage, right? Green Bay can't outhold him. They can't they can't keep him. Um, they want to move. They've already told him they want to move to the to the next quarterback. Um, but you know, Aaron Rodgers can always say, "Hey, look, I don't want to go to the Jets. <laughs> I'm gonna stay here." And Green Bay will be stuck. They don't want to do that. So. They're going to figure out the tr- the, the draft compensation. What's going to happen is um, the Jets are going to have to trade players to Green Bay. Uh, they're going to give them draft picks. It's not going to be nearly uh, what the, the the two first-round draft picks that Lamar Jackson can get if he's signed by somebody. They're not going to get that because, because of the fact that they have to eat all this contract. So um, at the end of the day, they're going to figure it out. Uh, they're going to make it work. Uh, it's going to be some players. They're going to lose some players. Like you said, the the people that they're going to sign, they're not signing them just yet. They have to get under that cap to bring Aaron Rodgers on first, and then they can sign those other players. Like you said, they only have to have it done for for a day, twenty four hours. Um, so they're going to figure it out. The, the the NFL cap, they always figure it out. I don't care how high above the cap they are, they just keep renegotiating the contracts, giving people more guaranteed money, mind. dropping that cap number, and they make it work. What'd you say, Dan? Yeah, I was just talking about what, what like Dory and you of what Aaron Rodgers is doing, but I don't want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Yet. I, I got other 
things to say about him. So, all right, we're gonna talk about Aaron Rodgers. Say what you got to say about Aaron Rodgers. We want to hear it. No, no, he he, he got something special. He's gonna do. We don't we don't get that long. Okay, but okay. Okay, but right. now we are gonna talk about our other favorite player, and that's Lamar Jackson. Okay. <laughs> you know, uh, because as of what was it three o'clock today, Lamar can actually receive uh, offers from other teams, <laughs> and it's what, what it ain't. It, it's like eight hours since that time on my time, um, and. I've been looking. I haven't seen any offers that's come Lamar's way. I haven't seen any rumors of, of teams trying to get get Lamar. I know uh, Dante he got he got one. What? Um, wow. I haven't seen I haven't seen any anything uh, in regards to uh, Lamar Jackson. But what I will say, we're not gonna we're not gonna t- spend twenty minutes on Lamar Jackson like we did l- last week. Uh, but what I will say about Lamar is, I hope that he. I hope he sticks to his guns. I'm, I'm to that point right now. I want him to stick to his gun. I don't want him to sign uh, a contract I that's not fully guaranteed because I want I want them to I want these owners to understand mm-hmm. that um, these players are out here giving their blood, sweat, and tears, and they deserve this money. They don't deserve just a, a, a portion of it. That to be able to, you to tell me, oh, you're gonna make five hundred million dollars, but you only guaranteeing twenty. No, if they're out there, if they're out there giving their bodies, man, give them people their money. Or guarantee the money. Hey, right. Real quick on the mark. Go ahead, Dante. Oh, yeah. So y'all gotta no, forgive I was us. Saying, speaking of Lamar, no one thing we know we, we all know two things. Right. But uh, okay, we'll, we'll definitely won't be going to Miami. <laughs> yeah, he ain't going to Miami. We're gonna come back to Dante. We 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 having some technical issues this week. Uh, yeah, there's a windstorm in in Phoenix. Um, so Dante is having some issues with his internet, but that's all good. We're gonna keep pushing through and, and and keep talking about this stuff, and we're gonna get him in as we can. That's right. Um, so our next topic we're gonna talk about. We going back to the NBA and try to figure out what in the world is going on with these Golden State Warriors, dudes. Please tell me what's going on. I have no, I haven't a clue what's going on with the Golden State Warriors. For some reason, they just can't get they can't get it right at home, and you know, which is kind of crazy for a veteran team and a team with stars. You know, it used to be where well, it's normally where. Uh, a team with stars, the stars play well on the road. Oh, yeah, on the road. And the, uh, you know, the bench players and the others play well at home. And so, um, and then now with the Warriors, you have a veteran team that's struggling on the road. And, you know, a team that's been through all the wars. They're not too old. So, I mean, we don't understand why they're actually, I, I believe they're 7 and 26 on the road. Mm, mm, mm. And like twenty nine and seven at home, or something like that, or twenty six and seven. I might have might have it a little switched around, but yeah, it's just the uh, just the opposite from uh, being on the home at home and on the road. And I can't understand for the life of me why a veteran team is struggling on the road like this. I mean, they have great players. You know, I know injuries was was a part of it, 
And then you had Clay, you know, uh, still, you know, he slowly came into himself after, you know, his years of being out with his injuries. Steph is always going to be Steph. Uh, Wiggins, I think, is out for uh, personal reasons. So that's one problem. I think he was like one of the um, linchpins as far as defense goes as well. Uh, Poole is great, but he's been up and down this year. So I think that's part of the problem. And I've heard rumors that it's been issues with uh, it's like a divide between the uh, veterans and the younger players. So, I mean, that could be the problem. You know, the locker room could be splintering. Uh, it could be an issue where um, Steve Kerr's uh, coaching has, you know, fell upon deaf ears. You know, after a while, you know, you stop listening. So, I mean, whatever it is, they are struggling on the road. And you, and in the playoffs, you definitely have to win on the road. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's going on. So right now, let me let me look it up here. Um, Golden State sits at uh, they're fifth in the West right now. Um, so they're fifth. They were just sixth the other day when I looked. So they're fifth now. They're fifth right now. Um, they're tied with the Clippers, and <laughs> as luck would have it. They're playing the Clippers tonight. Yep. Uh, so the, 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 they have the exact same record, 36 and 33, um, fifth and sixth in the West. They're a game back of Phoenix. Um, but the thing is, if they lose tonight, uh, Minnesota already lost. So yeah. they'll still be they'll still be fifth or sixth. Boston but, beat them. Yeah. If, no matter what they do tonight, they'll still be fifth Ooh. or sixth. Um, Boston held on the win. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Boston held on the win. Um, but the thing is, they're under four, which means they're going to uh, play on the road their first series. Um, and with them dealing with this this road issue, <laughs> you know, that's that's not a good look for the, for the defending champions. That's not a good look for the defending champions. Um, so do you think <laughs> uh, the season got off, off, a, off on a uh, bad note with the little issue with Draymond and Poole? Do you think that's still lingering still today? I think it definitely threw them off kilter. And like I said, from the rumors that I've been hearing about the uh, splinter in the locker room, I think that could have been an ongoing thing that just culminated into that incident with Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. So, um, but it seems like, you know, in my opinion, I think that's part of the issue, but not the whole issue. I don't understand why they can't win on the road. Cause like I said, they've proven that they can get through the wars and, you know, win championships. So it's, it's, it's something there, but we just don't know. So what I, what I've noticed um, now, mind you, I don't watch all the Golden State's games, but I, I have watched quite a few. Cause you go what to I, sleep. Yeah, pretty much. It's too late. West Coast. <laughs> what I have noticed is that um, they have a completely different <laughs> defensive mindset when they're on the road. Than when they're at, when they're at home, and I I really don't I don't know I don't understand because they have very good defensive players I don't understand the disconnect uh, on the defensive side when they go on the road versus when they stay at home. Yeah, I I, I haven't a clue. What you think, D? All right, so I was just sitting here thinking, taking some notes. So, well, a couple of things. So, one, I think. One, one of the things that you said becomes important when you talk about the fact that they've been through the wars. Um, they beat up, so they're, they're tired, right? 
So I think that 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 brings about difficulties playing playing on the road as well. Again, you're not sleeping in your own home. You know that that familiarity, comfortability, I think affects them uh, on the road. Uh, and then and again, yeah, they're still relatively young, but it, as far as basketball is concerned, they're an old team. And they've been playing because they've been winning championships and going to the finals and so on and so forth the last several years, except for, you know, the the outlier was the year that Clay w- was injured or whatever. They've been playing. If, if you think about how many playoff series that they played compared to other teams and how many playoff games, they probably played more than two seasons more than the rest of the teams in the NBA. So I think that, and I'm, I'm I'm speculating as far as that number is concerned, but they played a lot of games because they've been been winning for so long. So I think that they're tired. I think that 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 it's having an effect on them as far as their bodies are concerned. Most teams play worse on the road than they do at home for the reasons you just mentioned. The fact that they're missing Wiggins, who now is really their defensive linchpin, because it used to be Clay, but now you got to put Wiggins on the best player. If Wiggins is not there, then who do you have left to guard the best player? Draymond and Clay. Draymond, even though, don't get me wrong, Draymond is a great defender, but he's a great help defender, not necessarily a great one-on-one defender, mm-hmm. particularly not now. Is he the, the one-on-one defender that he used to be? So I think that that's an issue. But even more so, um, I think that the injuries, the fact that Steph has been in and out of the lineup all year. Mm-hmm. The fact that Wiggins has been in and out of the lineup all year is what's really affecting them. Think about the fact that from the playoff run last year, who were the two best players? Steph and Wiggins. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think that that's hurting them as well. And I think also they are kind of feeling like if they can get to the if they can get to having one of the first playoff series at home, if they can get to that fourth spot, because they won from the third spot last year. Mm-hmm. So they they weren't really worried about home court like they would if they had the, the number one and the number two spot. So they feel like if they can get the fourth spot, that at least that first series or whatever they can have at home, they still feel like they can win enough and win well enough on the road in a seven-game series. All they got to do is win one, Right. Mm-hmm. on the road. So I think that they feel like they can still do that because they did it last year. And I think that that's, that's kind of part of their mentality. So right now you see them kind of gelling. Hopefully Wiggins will come back. You'll see them kind of gelling by the time you get to the end of the season. Hopefully they can, they definitely don't want to be in the playoff, but if they can sneak into that top tier and have a home, you know, uh, have home field it, home court advantage in like that first series, I think that they feel like they're in a in a good position. So like I said, they're they're one game down from uh Phoenix. And Phoenix is still without uh Kevin Durant. So there's no no telling what's gonna happen with them. But the the question that I have for both for all of you is um do you still consider Golden State as a championship contender for this year? No. I do, actually. And, and this is because of the reason that we mentioned earlier. I mean, what was the uh, old uh, Rudy Tomjanovich? Never mm-hmm. underestimate the heart of a champion. Mm-hmm. And so they, they've been there before. And then, you know, like a lot of the, the – uh, who's number one? Denver? Mm-hmm. Denver is number you know, one. I mean – 
Denver doesn't necessarily have the experience, you know, when it, you get to the latter rounds. So, like I said, with Phoenix, uh, with Kevin Durant, you know, being a question mark, who knows what's going on there. And just for those two reasons, I believe they, uh, I, I believe Golden State stands a chance. And then if Steph gets hot, watch out. You you know what that is. Steph, Clay, if they get hot. So I, I, I hear what you're saying. Right. You know, being a Dubs fan and being out here, I hope you're right, but I, I don't think so. And I want them to get that so Celtics can uh, get revenge, but, you know. <laughs> I, I, I hear what you're saying, dudes, but um, – hey, if the, they the, lose – I got a question, Rodney. Go ahead. If you got through there, I don't think the question got through. Here's the no. question for you. If Golden State gets knocked out, the players break the team up. You said, I think you said if Golden State gets knocked out, will they break the team up? No. Um, yeah. So, I'm, I mean, let me put, throw my little two cents in here. Um, I don't think they will attempt to break the team up because I still think that they believe that they, uh, they do have a championship team. Now, this year, my only, my only concern, dude, is what you were talking about for this year. Um, with them being in the, the fifth seed right now, um, green, black, green and pool, it ain't even that. It's the who, who they're gonna play in the first round right now. If the season ended today, they'd be playing uh Phoenix in the first round. Mm-hmm. I don't think if Durant is playing, I don't think Golden State can beat Phoenix if Durant is playing. Um, but so that's, that's that wild card. <laughs> Steph, gets is, Steph gets hot. <laughs> But but have you they seen Booker play without Durant? Have you seen Booker play lately? You know, oh, yeah. Booker. Yeah, yeah. Booker has been he's on, on fire. fire. Oh yeah, I favor. Uh, you know, I'm a Chris Paul fan, so I'm definitely gonna pull for the Phoenix, problem. But, is, yeah. He can't stop nobody on Golden State. No, he can't. <laughs> he's old, but so are we. But Phoenix, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Phoenix is gonna. And the reason why I asked would they break up Golden State was which whole situation uh Draymond chemistry of the squad. And mm-hmm. so if they happen to lose in the second round, use to potentially break up some of those. That's what I'm saying. That's the question I was posing there. It, okay, okay. Even no, like you said, uh, each time break up that squad in particular. Well, I can see. All right, Dan still having some issues. Um, but like I said, um, uh, would you would you break him up? I, I wouldn't. I, I, I would see him moving on from Draymond. I could see that. But the the the, the problem with that news is <laughs> Draymond does so much for that team. Yeah, they play Who's great going? with him. Who's gonna do? Who's gonna do the stuff that Draymond does if he's not there? I would love to see Kaminga do it, but Kaminga's not a passer like Draymond, and Kaminga doesn't get down and bang in the in the post to grab those rebounds. Nobody like Draymond. does. <laughs> yeah, no, so they they don't have a replacement for what it is that Draymond does. So yeah, I mean it's, it's easy to say, oh, they're gonna let him go. Now Draymond might price himself out of the market. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I can see them maybe losing him, but. 
Yeah, he, he yeah. might price himself out of the market, but I I think if if it if it's broken up, it's because Draymond decides to leave, not because they they want to get rid of rid of Draymond. Leave and join LeBron. Well, I, I think I think that honestly, Draymond gives them a toughness mm-hmm. that without him, they they just don't have. And and, and it's not necessary. I, I don't want to I don't want to say I feel like they would get bullied without Draymond, but Draymond gives them a toughness. You you can tell that he is really kind of the 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 rock. He's the he's the He's the Lambeer Mahorn uh, of okay. Golden State. He he really is. If you if you think about what what Mahorn and Lambeer did for the Pistons, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they gave a toughness to a John Sally and a Dennis Rodman that they that they, they got there. That, that right that that they did, that they wouldn't have had without them. And mm-hmm. I think that that's what Draymond does. If you think about that defense without Draymond, right? Who you got, Looney? Like like dude said, Kaminga, mm-hmm. you know, uh you you don't you don't really have anyone that gives you that toughness on defense that like like y'all was saying that's gonna bang or whatever. But that's what I see uh Draymond represents that toughness. Yeah, he could price himself out of the market. I wonder if he would do that though. I really do. I wonder if he would do that, but he likes LeBron a lot, so I don't know. Yeah, so I mm, I, I don't I don't mm, mm. Well, uh, I mean, if you Draymond, would you leave to go to the Lakers? I would. <laughs> Durant did. He left. Uh-huh. He left. He left that team. He was different though. He 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 had some issues going on. Right. Okay. So anyway. Uh. All right. So, um, we're gonna move away from Golden State. You know, in their road road wolves, and we're gonna go back to a, a different basketball. This is like one of my favorite weeks of the year. And that is the NCAA tournament, March Madness. That one shining moment. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it that's is. The only, that's Where, the only part of the song I know, too. That, 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 hey. Uh, but this is this is a time of year where anything can happen. Um, you can have a Princeton team that's a 16 seed. Make it to the elite eight. I know, know one thing. That, I know one thing that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> and what's no, that? Dante ain't gonna win. <laughs> Dante can't even talk right now. No, that ain't gonna happen. Yes, we can. First and foremost, Dorian is not a Duke fan, y'all. He's an Illinois fan. Let's, let's get that clear first and foremost. So. He's not a Duke fan, and I guarantee you, he didn't take Duke to win his his bracket. So let's get that out out there and get that clear. Well, since you said that, since you said that, we're gonna talk about these brackets. Well, first off, we want y'all to know uh, we still got a little time. Uh, we yeah. have our you got boogie, 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 oh time. You still got you we still got, got our time. Boogie, we still got time. Um, to join the Boogie Blaming uh, Tournament Challenge. So send your email <laughs> to Boogie Blaming, Boogie Blaming, dot, uh, Boogie Blaming at gmail.com. D hates the name. Uh, send your email. We'll send you a, uh, an invite. Join us as we have fun for this, this next week. 
Um, so with that, we're gonna do our, our NCAA predictions. Uh, D double, who you got in the final four this year? Oh man, let me get uh, go to somebody else so I can pull my bracket up. By the way, we only talking about the final four, okay? Okay, we can go the whole tournament, D. First off, um, <laughs> who made it that uh, well, not made it, who didn't make it that you thought should have been in it? Mm. North Carolina, Clemson, <laughs> maybe. Clemson, yeah, no, because remember, guys, I said, I said two, three weeks ago that North Carolina wasn't going to make the tournament, so it, it's not even a shock to me. So that's why you know, and then for them not to go to to accept NIT, they shouldn't have, based on what this year was. And then with the transfer portal, remember, dudes, was the episode one? We said yeah, there's no development one. going on there. That's why those mm-hmm. two kids left the, left the team. So I'm not even tripping off North Carolina not being there, but maybe Clemson not being there. But overall, I mean, it's it's up for grabs this year. So one of your, uh, one of your North Carolina, one of your North Carolina alums, Vandy Stackhouse, Jerry Stackhouse, the person you impersonated at a uh, at an SIUE party, trying to keep from getting arrested. What's your name? <laughs> Stackhouse. Man, don't be bringing up no stuff like that. That story is classic. But anyway, um, Vandy could have been in a, particularly, particularly as good as the SEC has been this year. Vandy got left out. Uh, Vandy was 11 and 7 in the conference, um, 20 and 14 overall. Um, so, you know, they could have made it as well. But I thought, you know, between Clemson, you know, I heard some people talking about Rutgers, but I don't know. The Big Ten is always kind of iffy. Um, as Stemmons said, uh, one thing that he knows about the NCAA tournament is never count on the Big Ten. Hmm. Um, so, you know, people were trying to say Rutgers got snubbed, but, you know, they were only 10 and 10, and 10 in the Big Ten uh, and 19 and 14 overall. So I don't know if that was necessarily a snub. Um, so to speak, but definitely, as Dante was saying, definitely Clemson uh, and uh, definitely Vandy, I think. Um, yeah, Stackhouse was the SEC coach of the year, man. And um, I really thought that, that Vandy did uh, mm-hmm. get screwed a little bit. But here's hoping uh, Stackhouse come to the Pistons to be the next coach. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I need him to come play for the Pistons. Hey, <laughs> hey. Right, the games so, be rough. The games be rough, but um, so talk to me. Give me, give me one of your, give me, give me one of your. Uh, it, it ain't midnight yet, so give me one of your um, your um, big time upsets. Mm-mm. Oh, um, my my big upset actually, my big, okay, it depends. Okay. okay, so I filled out two brackets. I always fill out two because oh, always- there you go. My certainties, and then sometimes the ones I'd be iffy about, I go back and then I'll you know <laughs> make that switch. But uh, I got two big upsets. One of them is depending. So the biggest upset that I see happening is I think Memphis. I got uh, Memphis beating Purdue uh, in the second round. Mm. Um, I, I watched that um, that AAC tournament final, and the way that. Uh, Penny Hardaway's boys put it on Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was like, whoever whoever these cats play in the NCAA is in trouble because Memphis balled, okay? And they got some of their players back from earlier in the year. Uh, Davis is, I think, the kid's uh, last name. Uh, Penny kept referring to him as KD. He put it on Houston. And we're talking about Houston being one of the, if not the top defensive team in the country, right, as far as points of game is concerned. And they basically, Memphis ran Houston out the gym. So I don't think that uh, I don't think that Purdue's guards, because everybody talks about the trouble that Purdue has in the backcourt, and I don't think Purdue's guards are going to be able to do anything with Memphis's guards. And if they can penetrate and get uh, get the big man in foul trouble, it's going to get ugly. To uh, to quote Bubba Sparks. <laughs> um, now another big upset that I have. And this is only if Marcus Sasser for Houston can't play. Is I see Houston losing to Auburn in the second round. I got Auburn beating Iowa. I just just, just can't trust Iowa. So I got Auburn beating Iowa in the first round. And then if, if, if Sasser doesn't play, I got Auburn beating Houston in the, in that second round. But if Sasser plays, and the other one, that was part of it. They haven't said yet. They're keeping it mum. At least I've been looking for it. Haven't said, they haven't said anything. So in one, I had to pick Houston, um, you know, because with Sasser, you know, this is a team that's probably, you know, that at one point was number one in the country. They and, and they got the number one defense. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at one point in the year, they were number one. Um, so anyway, so with Sasser, they're a whole different team. Without him, they're the team that got run up out the gym by Memphis. And I think Auburn can can do that to them in the second round. I also think they'll be kind of deflated as well if he can't play. But those are really kind of my the biggest upsets that I see um for my final four teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I got uh my final four, I have um wait a minute, let me go. Let me find it again. I've got uh Alabama, Kansas State, um, Texas, and Kansas as my final four. And I really kind of, because of the way that I've been watching the games this year, um, even though Kansas is supposed to be the number one overall seed, Texas has put it on them boys a couple of times nicely. So I'm afraid if they play Texas uh, in the final four like I haven't, even though I picked Kansas, um, I think Texas might be able to beat them. And then in uh, the other bracket that I had, um, where I had, uh, uh, I actually, uh, sorry, I did have another upset because I picked in my other bracket, I picked Arkansas to beat Kansas in the second round because sometimes Kansas has those off games (laughs) for some reason and they just get mauled. And Arkansas is one of them teams that can put it on Kansas because I watched Arkansas play Alabama earlier this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, and played them tough. So Arkansas, I think, can beat Kansas. So those are kind of my iffies right there. Arkansas over Kansas in the second round. Um, Memphis over Purdue uh, in the second round, and then Auburn over Houston in the in the second round. No, those are my biggest upsets, and that's my my final four. My so final, final four, four I got um, I got Alabama, Tennessee, Houston, and Kansas. What you got? Okay. 
So we closed these. Uh, we both got right. Alabama and Kansas in there. I'm all right, Arrested Development. You got Tennessee? <laughs> yeah. Tennessee. I got Kansas State. Well, I got Duke beating Tennessee. So. Who you got, Rodney? So in my bracket. Uh, Who you got, Rodney? I have uh, Alabama, Baylor, Houston, and Xavier. Hmm. Nope, that ain't who I got. For your upsets? <laughs> no, I got, I got Alabama, Houston. You only got one. You only got one. That ain't who I got. I got Alabama, Houston. Uh, I got Kansas State and UCLA. Those are the other two. I got Alabama beating Kansas State and Houston beating UCLA with Alabama coming out on top. Yeah, I got Alabama coming out on top. See, I got, I, got. I got UCLA losing. In one bracket, I got them losing to Gonzaga. And then in, in my other bracket, I got uh I got them I got them actually losing to Kansas in the eight. So we can do all your regions. I'm I'm kind of torn. So we're do I'm kind of torn with uh I, I was talking to Dorian earlier and he kind of convinced me on this uh on the Penny Hardaway in this Memphis team because I have Purdue winning. So I'm kind of torn with that. So I got a couple more minutes to decide whether I want to switch that to, <laughs> to Memphis. Uh, but um, other than that, I mean, my, my big, I got, I just had a lot of, um, uh, I had Penn State beating Texas A&M. Um, and I mean, I really don't have a whole lot of big, huge upsets. I got uh, Utah State beating Missouri. Yeah. See, mm, I didn't. Mm, I didn't you, that's not upset. Well, it's a mm. 17. So, technically, it's upset. See, see I think Mizzou been playing pretty well this year, we man. Got it all right. Mizzou has been playing well, but I like I like Utah State, though. What would you say, Dante? Who did you say uh, you had winning it all? Alabama. My boy Brandon Miller. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so real quick, since you guys, I'm having it. We're having a thunderstorm out here. My final four, I got Alabama, Purdue, Houston, and the Zags. Now, for my two upsets, I only got two upsets. One of them is... I got Charleston, number 12 seed, beating the 5 seed, San Diego State. Ooh. Now, the other upset, which really ain't an upset, it's an 8-9 game. And I, I think it's quite interesting. Dorian just talked right over the fact who Arkansas was playing first round, going to beat, and that being Illinois. But that ain't really an upset. I just like to throw that out there. Uh, so those two games, other than that, like you said, Rodney, ain't many upsets I see happening in the first round. So that's my biggest reach is that 12-5 game. Charleston, San Diego State, the biggest upset. But I would love for and for winning Illinois. it. D, we can't hear nothing you saying. I got Houston winning it all. Say it again, I got Houston D. winning it all, gentlemen. No, I'm saying that. I got I H-Town. But we haven't been able to trust Illinois in the tournament in a long time. So I wasn't about to start this year. Yeah, Illinois is as much as I would love to to pick them, man. They let me down every year. 
<laughs> every time. Every year. So this year they ain't gonna get me. They ain't gonna get me. Last year I had them. They had a good team last year. I had them going to the Sweet 16. They lost the first round. <laughs> and they got you. So it messed up my bracket. So yeah, nah, they, they ain't give me this year. Last year. They ain't give me this year. I still um, say I am. Yep, I and I. Um, <laughs> so uh again, we want y'all to go ahead and, and uh send us that email Come in. Uh, to boogie blaming boogie at gmail.com. Shut up. Boogie blaming at gmail.com. Cash out the same thing. And, and, and get into this tournament because we just send that bread. To we have blame cash out fun. hashtag boogie blaming. Uh, we want all right, so we want to stay in the NCAA, but we, this time we want to talk about a little co- the, the coaching, uh, coaching changes that we had in the NCAA. Uh, and we got this little list here. Uh, Not a lot. It, it's it's more than we thought when we first when we first started talking about the 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 subject. Uh, the two that we were talking about was Jim Beheim and uh, Patrick Ewing. You know, Patrick oh, Ewing being my all time favorite. Uh, basketball player. Uh, went back to his alma mater, Georgetown, and just stunk up the place. So <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't really, couldn't really fault him for for, for letting him go. Uh, but he wasn't, he wasn't really. I don't, in my opinion, college basketball just was not for Patrick Ewing. But he no. he had a chance to be a head coach, and he wanted that. He wanted a chance to prove that he can be a, a head coach. Didn't really work out that way. <laughs> but, but hey, we gonna uh uh we we gonna um um you know welcome him back to the NBA because that's where he'll be going. Um and the other one was Jim Beheim. Jim Beheim was at uh Syracuse, I think it said 47 years. Yeah, 47 as long as we've been alive. 47 years he's at, at Syracuse. Um now the, my, my Jim Jim Beheim thing, I was a little torn on that. Uh was it about time? Yeah, I mean, uh there's it, nothing wrong with getting a new voice, you know, every now and then. But the way that Syracuse did him, you know, I was kind of I'm not a big fan of the way that they they kind of ushered him out the door. Ushered him out the door, exactly. Um but if you look at this list, <laughs> there's a lot of job openings out there. But there's also a job that was filled. <laughs> and Dorian was was really upset with this one. <laughs> um, you had Chris Beard, who was a coach at Texas uh, at University of Texas, um, was fired on one day and hired the next day by an Ole Miss uh, team to be their head coach. D, talk to me about that one. Well, Okay, so I was, I actually did not know, which is going to show you how much attention I was paying to it, I guess, uh, because of my assumptions. But he was fired from Texas for domestic violence, uh, allegedly, obviously, right? So the fact that immediately after that, that, and y'all said the next day, I didn't, I didn't even know it was that fast, that he was automatically or immediately hired by Ole Miss. That that I'm flabbergasted. Um, that he was signed. That he was uh, you know hired that quickly. 
um, unless they found out they must have did some vetting or something and found out that those charges were false or whatever it was is going on. I don't understand. I'm also not understanding. Again, part of the reason I guess maybe I don't know about it is because I hadn't heard any collective outrage about it. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. If you all have heard anything about that, please let please enlighten me to that. Um, but I find it very interesting that somebody can be accused of domestic violence that they had. Uh, I thought they had uh, some police calls, police dispatch calls or something that dealt with this. And then he gets fired. And then all of a sudden um, he immediately gets hired uh, by Ole Miss that 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 fast that that just astounded me but what i will say is that i really hope that um that brother who is the interim coach at texas i hope he gets that job Mm -hmm. he deserves that job uh rodney terry deserves that job particularly when you think of what chris beard just put them through that they fired him it, not even quite in the middle of the season, but they fired him. And the fact that he still has this Texas team, he was able to take them and get them to a number two seed. They they won the, the, the Big 12 tournament. And they end up with a number two seed. And then they're one of my picks to go to the final four. I think he deserves that job. So instead of talking about uh, Chris Beard getting a new job and why he got a new job, I'm going to be happy for the brother. And hopefully he'll get this job because he deserves it. He should get it. Okay, let me let me uh make some corrections to our, our statements. Um Chris Beard, the the incident uh happened in December. Mm-hmm. Uh when 911 was called by uh to a uh an altercation between him and his fiance in December, um on December twelfth. Uh, he was suspended on December 12th uh, by the University of Texas um, and ultimately dismissed on February 15th um, after two years at Texas, which happens to be his alma mater. It wasn't the next day, D. It was actually one month to the day uh, where Mississippi introduced him as their head coach. Uh, that was after firing their head coach, Mississippi firing their head coach at the end of the season. Um, so it was actually a month of time between, uh, when Chris Beard was fired and, uh, when he, he got his job, but the gist of the, the, the gist of the story is he got fired for a domestic dispute and that they had evidence of. And then a month later, uh, he actually gets another job. Uh, where actually he's making more money at Ole Miss than he did at Texas. Go figure. So, uh, so go Texas, figure. Yeah, Texas and, been and, in a couple of years. Exactly. So he can get revenge. Exactly. And 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 my boy Pat Ewan got fired. Anybody hiring him? Can he can he get hired? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Come on, dudes. Give mm-hmm. Pat a chance, man. He's got to go back to the Knicks. He, yeah, you know Thibodeau's coaching staff. Hey, <laughs> if he can, if he can help Mitchell Robinson, bring him back because Mitch need a little help. I think Patrick could be great in the NBA, which that's what he wanted to do in the first place. Like I said, I don't, I don't feel that he ever wanted to go 
to the college ranks, but the NBA teams for whatever reason weren't hiring him as a head coach. So the only job that he can get as a head coach was going back to college, but he didn't want to do the recruiting. He didn't want to do all that stuff. He wanted to have to deal with all that stuff, but <laughs> well, now he don't have to deal with all that stuff. So it, it don't matter. Right. Um. All right. So our next topic of discussion is one that uh, Dorian brought up to us. And that is new rules, old sports. So there have okay. been some, some talk about uh, rule changes in the NBA, uh, in the uh, Major League NBA, Baseball, NBA, NFL. and the NFL. <laughs> well, it's rule I was just saying, ain't no, it's NBA rule changes. They well, might NBA. decide they want to change the rules. I don't know. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I got something for you. I got something for you. Hey, how about a little less questions and a little more shut the hell up? <laughs> That's just for you. That's just for you. So as I was saying, they got some rule changes that they were discussing in NFL <laughs> uh, and also in Major League Baseball. And uh, one of the ones that they were talking about, uh, go ahead, D, talk to us about it. Right as I was about to eat some candy. So um, I don't want to spoil my dinner, though, my wife. I got thirsty, so I had to have somebody else talk. So in the NFL, they're proposing getting rid of onside kicks, player safety. And instead of an onside kick, giving the offensive team a fourth and 20, in order to be able to, you know, if they can make a fourth and 20, then I guess they'll, you know, be able to keep, you know, keep possession of the ball and so on and so forth. Um, and then in, um, hold on, sorry. Um, I get, I got the nanities on, so I can hear, I can hear your niece screaming in the other room. What's up, Sadie Brown? <laughs> but no, she's in the other room screaming. Um, so anyway, so um, I think that that's a very interesting rule because, well, one, if you look at the, the percentages in terms, I'm sure that's what they're looking at analytics in terms of how many times someone recovers an onside kick versus uh, being able to convert fourth and 20. Then I guess uh, I guess what that what that essentially says is um, that. Well, it make the game more exciting, right? But then you also have the player safety issue where they're not crashing into one another and so on and so forth. By the way, Dante had to sign off. He said the storm there was just um, just a little too bad. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, so anyway, so I think that that does a couple of things. Yeah, it would make the game more exciting, but I look at it from a different aspect. I was thinking about player personnel. Okay. So now – that changes what you're looking for as far as scouting. If you're no longer doing onside kicks, well, now you don't need the big guys up front anymore. So you're going to see more receivers and, and, you know, those types of players now starting to get drafted into the, into the NFL, instead of them looking all the time for, you know, awesome offensive linemen and these big guys to be on special teams. I think, I think what's starting to happen is that special teams, for the most part, is going to really start to become a thing of the past. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what that's what I see. Um, and then in um, baseball, or you want to talk about the football one first, and then we get to the baseball. We can, we can. Um, 
So my thing with the the fourth and 20, to me, it sounds like an exciting thing to do um, because uh, you'll get more convert. Well, you have coaches that'll that'll use that um, and do it more. They're going to look at the analytics first off and determine whether or not, you know, analytically, if it's something that's feasible feasible for them to do, Uh, you know, whatever gives them the best advantage. But for as a fan, to be able to see um, to, to uh, on an onside kick, the chances of someone actually recovering an onside kick is very low. So um, a fourth and 20, you might be able to, to, to do that. You know, case in point, freaking Aaron Rodgers did it against my Dallas Cowboys on a fourth and 20 in the freaking playoffs. So uh, a fourth and 20, you, you can see that happening. Um, you can devise plays to make that happen. But my question with the fourth and 20 is where, where do you start the, 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 the down? If they're, if they're putting it at like the 35, what, where they would kick it off from and do it, I'm all for it. Cause that's cool. Cause now, um, if you don't get it, the, the opposing team is on your side of the field and, uh, can either run the clock out or go down and score or whatever. Um, so I will, I'll be real real interested seeing that. I know that they're trying it. Well, they're doing it in the uh, XFL and it's again, watching that is a pretty, it's a pretty cool, um, uh, pretty cool play for them to do. Now. Yeah. The, um, you, the makeup of the team will be a little different. Um, no, in some respects, but you still have kickoffs. You still, that unless they take those out also, uh, you still have extra points and, and field goals and all that stuff. So, um, I don't think they'll uh, they'll take away a lot of the posi- the big guys' position, um, but I do feel that they will be a, you know a, instead of having you know eight extra offensive linemen, they may go to seven and get an extra receiver or whatever. So it may be a little change in who gets the money, but you know as a fan, to me it'll be it'll be a little bit more exciting. Okay, um, now in in baseball. Um, they're finally going to put in, or or maybe maybe not put in. I think because they may have put it in last year. I'm not sure, um, but maybe they're going to actually really enforce mm-hmm. the pitch clock. Okay, so this is this is my thing about again as somebody who played baseball, right? Um, I think one, yes, it it will shorten the game, but I think that it really gives the um the offensive team an advantage because the pitcher can only throw over so many times with with the with the batter well with the with the uh players at first with the per- player on first you used to have to try to time the leg kick right but if they only have so much time to pitch well once they get to a certain point you know that he has to pitch mhm mm-hmm. Right. So I think that that gives the runners an advantage. Now, we'll see because the the game of baseball has changed so much that it went from, you know, again, we we grew up with with Whitey Ball. We grew up with Vince Coleman and, you know, them cats still, you know, Willie McGee and all them cats still in bases all the time. Right. You know, again, playing Whitey Ball. So we were used to, you know, a lot of stolen bases, you know, Ricky Henderson, um, Mm -hmm. you know, with all the stolen bases that, you know, that he got. Uh, in his lifetime, even though he's the anomaly. But if you think about the fact that 
the game has changed so much that it went from trying to get trying to have a good leadoff hitter who was fast, who could steal bases. Now they don't care about any of that. All they want you to do is get on base so we can get to the third, fourth, and the fifth hitter so they can hit a three-run homer, right? Mm -hmm. But I wonder if if this rule change, one, I do think it will speed up the game, but I wonder if it's going to increase scoring and increase the excitement of the game, which I think is what they're also trying to do with with this rule because it really should help um, the runners and help the offensive teams knowing that this pitcher is on a clock and he can only throw over the first so many times. So it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how, how this rule kind of play plays out. And then also the enforcement of it, because are they still enforcing the, every time they come off the field, they check in they, they gloves and check in their hats and all this kind of stuff for banned substances. Are they still doing that the way that they were doing it at first? Um, so I wonder what's going to, what the enforcement of this is really going to be like, and again, what impact it will end up having on baseball. I don't think that they voted on it yet, have they? Uh, and I'd like to see when they're going to actually put it in. Like, are they, are they doing, I haven't watched any, uh, uh, any spring training games. So I wonder if they're actually doing it in spring training and how it's working in spring training. And if it's really, uh, how it's really impacting the game, that would be my my question about that, but that's going to be real interesting because again, I'm somebody who can sit and watch an entire baseball game, even when it took forever. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see, you know, what these new changes are going to, re- what they're going to result in for the game. So according to MLB.com, um, there's, uh, there's a 32nd timer between batters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the batters have 30 seconds to get into the batter's box. Um, between pitches, there's a 15 second timer that'll be in place, um, and a 20 second timer with runners on scoring on a uh, base. Runners on base. Um, the other little hitch is that the batter must be uh, in ready position uh, no later than the eight second mark. Uh, if they're not, then the batter's actually charged with a strike. That was the thing that <laughs> I again. Um, I watch baseball. My dad loves baseball. Um, I'm a Cardinal fan. Um, however, hey, Sadie Brown, um, babies and mamas, <laughs> Terry Lynn, hey, oh, Terry, yeah, we, and we recording too. You're live on stage, you're live on TV, <laughs> Terry Lynn, say hi. TV? Yeah, say hi. All our fans wish want to tell you, hey, Terry Lynn. I got two, three. The two that's in here right now. <laughs> and it'll be down to one when one leaves. Uh-huh. So anyway, um, uh, the uh, our brother Bo. Is the reason why I'm not a big as big a baseball fan as I could be, because <laughs> Bo Baby quit baseball with, with one one uh one blow. Let's just say that um, he made me quit yeah. first. He hit me in the nose with a uh, a hard ball. Hey, mine was, was a little lower than the nose, bro. Little lower than the nose, <laughs> and I quit from then on. Took the glove off. I quit. So I hid my glove um, up under the stove in the basement. 
There you go. There you go. Um, but it, you know, just watching baseball, the the pace of the game ha- has gotten a lot longer um, the last few years because, um, and and they're they're you know the reason that they're changing the, putting the pitch clock in is because of the uh, you know runners get on on first base or whatever get on base and then the pitcher throws over that twelve times before he pitches makes a pitch. And then he right. throws over another 10 times before you make a pitch. Um, so uh the, the pitch clock to me is a good idea. <laughs> but the, the little the little caveat with the eight second thing, I really like that because now batters can't um wait to the last second to jump in the batter's box and knowing the pitcher only got you no know, uh 20 seconds to throw the, throw a pitch. Mm. So I right. thought that was a pretty a pretty good twist to it. Right. Yeah, I'm mean, like I said, I'm interested to see how it's really going to impact the game. Particularly, like I said, I already think it's going to shorten the game, but I think it's going to be interesting to see if it'll really impact scoring because mm-hmm. because of that rule. Because again, now you know when you know you you really have a timer on the picture. Where at first you had to guess, now you really have a timer, and uh, you have to you know make sure uh, you know. So I think it's going to hopefully we'll see a lot more stolen bases. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, the pitcher's gonna get, I mean, uh, batter's gonna get uh, better pitches because the pitcher's gonna be rushing. You know, they right. have their little routine, so they're gonna look up the clock, say, Oh, I got five seconds, let me let me get ready to throw this ball. Mm-hmm. So right. they're gonna be rushing and not throwing the pitches that they wanted to throw, right? So, uh, but that's a that's a pretty cool thing. We're we gonna, we gonna, uh, like I said, see how it works. Uh, because baseball games, a three and a half hour baseball game is really too long. Yeah, there's not enough excitement in the three and a, in, a, in a baseball game. Old sleepy guys, exactly. <laughs> For uh, uh, old folks. Um. So anyway. All right, fellas. Yeah, y'all know I've been upset. I got a gripe to pick, and it's with your boy Aaron Rod. Hey, y'all know. Let's talk about it. If Aaron Rodgers just wanted the money, he would already signed with the Jets. And he hasn't. Aaron's legacy is in the balance here. So if he truly wants a shot at appearing in or even winning another Super Bowl, he has to sit down with the Green Bay Brass to restructure that $58 million option bonus. This will allow other teams to come at you with potential trade. What you're doing to the Jets and the Green Bay is basically teetering on the lines of extortion. Aaron, Aaron, I'm talking to you. You have just as many rings as these guys. Trent Dilfer, Joe Flacco, and Nick Foles. Not to mention, Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes have been in more Super Bowls than you. So let that sink in for a minute, Aaron. Aaron, the opportunity for you to get back to the Super Bowl within the next two years is with one team, your childhood team, the San Francisco 49ers. John Lynch. You have 11 compensatory draft picks in your back pocket. 
pull out some of that same magic you used to get Christian McCaffrey and give Green Bay all that shit, along with Sam Darnold's bust ass, too. Aaron, back to you. Come join what will be your future Hall of Fame brother, my guy, Joe Montana and Steve Young. Aaron, you've never beat us. Come join us. And if not, fuck you, then, punk. We'll take Lamar. So, ladies and gentlemen, come this Saturday, I'm expecting breaking news during the NCAA tournament that one of those outstanding quarterbacks will be a 49. Once again, people, we want to thank you for joining us uh, in our podcast. We just four guys, three tonight. That's uh, from East Saint, just having fun talking about sports. That's what we do. Um, for Dorian, for Dues, for Dante, I'm Rodney, and we want to uh, leave you all with our famous saying. <laughs> And we out. <laughs> Thank Goodbye, you. Chicken. Goodbye. Say bye, Chickadee. Turn around. Say bye. Say bye, Chickadee. Say the brown. Oh, she yeah, drank it. She, she drank it a thirst bye, uh, Say bye, bye. We got to get a whole lot more likes because you won't hear <laughs> All right. Holla. To a page in my rhyme book. They shooting. Ah, oh, made you look. You a slave to a page in my rhyme book.